Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to the realest podcast in the dunya, The Three Muslims. If uh, if any of us sound tired or look tired, bro, it's because y'all don't know what has happened in the last 24 hours, subhanAllah, but we still made it. How's it going, Gabriel? Alhamdulillah. So, common question we get today, you know, I'm just going to go right into it, is why do men need to marry multiple wives? Why do men have to marry multiple wives? And it's never a question that's most commonly asked by men. It's one that's most commonly asked by sisters. So what are some of the reasons that you think women ask this and don't see eye to eye with men? Mm. Let's start this a bit different. Why do you guys think? Mm. <laughs> to the right first. Uh, well, I mean, what do we mean when we say need? No one needs to marry anyone, right? But if you're looking at it from an Islamic perspective, then a lot of guys need to, need to marry to uh, protect themselves. Sisters need to marry to protect themselves. Why do men need to marry multiple wives? Yani, I don't, in my opinion, I don't think it's a matter of needing to. Maybe some men just really have a super high libido. Um, but mainly it comes down to are they able to, as far as I know. If they're able to be just between their wives, if they're able to take care of all of them to uh, the same degree, uh, in a fair degree, then they are allowed to do it. And if they're not able to, if they don't have that capability, then uh, they shouldn't marry. So a lot of sisters ask, and I think they're also asking from a very uh, feminine perspective, which obviously so may Allah bless them. But they probably look at it, uh, you know, in the, in the way that they love men, you know, mm. or one man. Go into that. So a lot of the time, and actually we were just talking about this, a woman, you know, if she loves her man, she will only love her man. Even if you look at like the most, most rich or fam famous guy, if she's like head over heels for her man, she will not care about anyone else. She will not look at anybody else. But a guy can wholeheartedly love his wife to death, take a bullet for her, die for her one day, but still at least at this stage be attracted to other women. And then later on, if he were to get married again, he could fully be capable of loving both. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, bro, like this is not just some red pill nonsense or anything like this. It's firmly rooted in Quran and Sunnah. The proof is Allah has made it impossible for a woman to simultaneously be with two men at the same time. Not like in an instant, but married to two men at the same time. It's impossible, bro. But Allah has made it possible and allowed and legal and permissible for men to be, you know, married to more than one woman at the same time. So if you look at that, it, it's it's almost like Allah makes no mistakes. So why would Allah allow this? Because Allah knows that if a man is married to multiple women at the same time, he could make it happen. But for a woman, it's not really possible, bro. Mm. Yeah. All right. So I actually got a, my part is a lot to unpack. Um, but for y'all, y'all definitely know, like in the beginning, when I first came to Islam, I was all about four. <laughs> I was all about it, but I, I hate to say it was more so like my nafs, like just wanting to fulfill that. Um, so please, I, I bring this to the table because I want to hear what you have to say, considering that you live this lifestyle, right? Mm. Um, and may Allah bless you for living Amen. this lifestyle. Um, but, you know, the more that I, I've been in Islam, the more I realized, you know, like I shouldn't be doing things based on my nafs, but more so for the sake of Allah. And um, I'm under the impression now that it's if if Allah guides you to marry one, then you marry one. If Allah guides you to marry multiple, then you marry multiple. If Allah guides you to marry none, then you marry none. But it all has to be under the guidance of Allah and not under 
um, your own for your own sake. You know, like you wouldn't marry a woman. Let's say, let's say you have one wife, right? She takes care of everything for you. But there's another woman who, let's say, she's younger, she looks better, and the only real thing that she's bringing is just more halal sex. How dare you? Right? Like, in my opinion, in my view, in my mindset, I see this as like, okay. I'm gonna praise the heart on it, but Allah is probably gonna guide me in a different direction. Like maybe if it's let's say a woman who's um, she was married, she got divorced, she has multiple kids, she's older, and she needs a spouse. And I pray about that. Like it would make sense if Allah guided me in that direction. Um, but again, this is where I would like to see what you have to say on this. No, what do you think about that? Type. I think we're saying different things a lot of it is like, correct like obviously in the first and foremost it's about intention mm. everything should be done for the sake of Allah <clears throat> actually even fulfilling our needs as the Prophet said the Sahabas were a bit shocked they said Ya Rasulullah you mean that when we have intimacy we get rewarded he said wouldn't you be punished if you were doing haram it's very deep some people think, oh, it's taboo, sex, intimacy. But it's not. In the end, everything you do for the sake of Allah is for the sake of Allah. And Islam should be. Niyah should be there. And definitely, it depends on the man. It depends on the circumstances. And I think the question is, why do men need... Why do, no, why do men want multiple wives in yeah. the first place? Because women, like, they really can't see eye to eye. With a lot of that, you know, I, I think not, a lot. Not of all the, the women. I think a lot of women. A lot of women. See it. Yeah, they usually see it after having experienced life a bit more, mm. gotten out of the whole deception of uh, Romeo and Juliet type of yeah. lifestyle. I was also gonna say, like a lot of women in the West that have been Westernized, they they've been programmed by this whole one woman man narrative. But even that's yeah. now, see with. With conditioning and propaganda, it's like one thing works, then it's like it loses, it's not trendy anymore. Yeah, so now yeah, you have yeah. like polyamory, which is huge yeah. in the West. SubhanAllah. It's not polygyny, they, they rebranded it, mm. right? They rebranded it, but it's, it's there, it's the same thing. Mm. Well, the same thing. But one man, yeah. multiple women. Yeah. No, one woman, multiple men. No, polyamory goes the other way as well. One man, two women, and so on. But there's really? a lot of like threesoming and all kinds of stuff, oh, right? Okay, okay. And of course, you have the Mormon version of... Uh, polygamy mm. and that's again you know what they call sister wives and they, mm. I think in early 2000s they used to have these reality shows about that so it was already lot. trending bottom line is actually is that uh, they always things are always changed like right now it used to be one man one woman the women are very into that they're not seeing eye to eye with men why are men looking at other women why men desire other women now it's like women want more men right it's almost a, a, a turning the tables or they don't care or whatever all kinds of weird trends have it's not anymore about the whole Romeo and Juliet romance yes there's still women out there who want that but we can see it change so bottom line I think it needs to go back to the the fitra how Allah created men and women differently I think that's where we'll find our what's answer the, what's the fitra define so the fitra is like, the natural disposition that human beings mm. were created, you know, from mm. biology all the way to psychology, sexuality, mm. everything. Okay. And 
there's a lot of misconceptions around that. Most of it has been focused towards men. Like we know a lot about men. And we think we know a lot about women, but it's very known little, very little known about women. So there's all these generalizations that are made, just these cliche, these statements, cliche statements or slogans. Women are just like that. Women are just like this. I think this, this needs to be explored a bit more. I think it's very premature when people say these things. But bottom line, men have been created in such a way that, as you said, they are by nature polygynous. By nature, not only can they have, because a woman can have multiple men if she wants to. She can, right? Technically, if she wants to, she can. It's probably easier for her. She can, you know, as a woman, she can just go around to this guy, that Very guy. Easy. Much easier than a man to go to and convince four women to be, you know, in the same relationship. Four men. No. So it's about not whether you can, it's about whether Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has allowed it first and foremost, right? This is what he has allowed. And, and it's about kind of like the most possible or best outcome out of that relation. Because you have four men, one woman. Just, yeah, she can do it, but you know it's not going to work. For many, many reasons. When you have a child, just imagine. Imagine, we are four husbands of the same woman. I mean, just that thought already, man, we're ready to smash each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, man. smash you. <laughs> it just doesn't work, you know what I mean? Mm. Now imagine she's pregnant. Who's it? Who's it? Okay, daddy? fine. There's a ways to find out. So for nine months, let's say it's your baby. Are you going to allow me to go to her? And, it's you know, it's bro, so it's so like, bro. come on, man. It's like, now it's not just about her anymore. It's about your child being in there. It just doesn't work, man. Doesn't work. But let's say you have three wives, four wives. One gets pregnant. The other is the assurance of paternity. Yeah. See, the assurance of paternity, you need one man. There's In no scenario can you assure that. Like, for example, a lot of people don't know this, right? So for women, when they give birth, they know that this is my child. You, you can't, a woman cannot give birth to a child and then wonder, is it mine? Like, yeah. it's coming out of her. Exactly. 50% genetics, you know, it's coming yes. out of her womb. It's hers. She raised it for nine months. It's hers, right? Mm-hmm. But then for a man... Yes, he, you know, ideally, it's mine, you know, she's my wife. Ideally, she's not cheating and all this. But he'll never be able to guarantee that. It's, it's, it's almost a subconscious thing, you know. Today, there's always paternity tests and all this stuff, of course. But intrinsically, there's no way for him to guarantee that. Mm. So if you add, like, even if it's just his own wife, monogamy-wise, right, he can't guarantee that. Because it didn't come out of him, it came out of her. her. Anyone could have knocked her up. But you add three more men into the mixture, bro. There's no way that she he can guarantee you know which one's my child. Okay. But oh. if you have one man with four four women, he can guarantee, you know, if he's pregnant at all of them, he knows it's his child, and each of the women gave birth, so they know it's their child too. Yeah, and just think about it like this: um, for women, they want one specific man that's like the proper man, like that that like high value man. Right, if you have four men in the equation, one of them is gonna rise above the rest, and the one that rises above the rest, that's the one that the woman is gonna feel like imprinted with, spend the most time with, give the most attention to. Impregnated by. And get impregnated by, because she's obviously gonna engage more. <laughs> the, the intimacy, right? So, it just doesn't make sense when it's women, like one woman with multiple men. Mm. 
you know. But when we try to understand these, the, the wisdom, again, we go back, number one, as Muslims, that Allah subhanahu has made the rule and law like that. When Allah has made something like that, and we're usually addressing Muslims, I mean, we'll explain to the non-Muslims as well, but Allah, when Allah decides something, there's no, like, people can't just argue about it. And yeah, yeah, you said a lot of women, they'll say stuff like, I can't accept this, this is a wrong interpretation, anything like that. The, a lot of women, women a lot in of the women worst all, case, they'll yeah, say on. like, okay, I agree, but I agree that this is diverse, but I can't accept it. I was just going to say that a lot of women propagate that, oh, I could see the wisdom 1,400 years ago. Mm-hmm. I could see the wisdom 900 years ago. Is it necessary now? Nowhere is in Islam does it say it's only for a specific time period, right? Historically speaking, I think there's always been more men than women. More men die in battle. More men die from disease. More men die from suicide. This is undisputed, unrefuted. So when you look at women today, there's always going to be a little bit more women for men. And that's the thing. Like, why? Like, in the West, it's happening anyway, bro. Like, you look at men, you know, they have a work wife normal wife they have a girlfriend you know texting buddy you know they have one at the gym they have one they're cheating with this is and i'm not saying this is okay i'm saying this is this is happening anyway to a lot of men where you see in islam this is not happening we have to take responsibility and accountability over these women we have to provide for them we have to you know make sure they're taken care of their needs are met their rights are met they're fulfilled i don't see what the problem is bro yeah, you don't see a problem because you're a man, they'll say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, from their perspective, they look mm-hmm. at it from a different way. But that's the point of that I'm making is that a Muslim has to submit. That's what Islam means, submission. I mean, we could debate it. I'm tr- trust me, if you would bring a couple of educated women here, they'll debate you. They'll say, well, we have also sexual needs and we would like more than one man as well. Because, you know, usually arguments that are made in favor of polygyny from a man's perspective will say, well, we're different. No doubt we're different. We'll say, well, men are more sexual and they need uh, different, right? Girl will be like, yeah, but I want like this kind of guy and that kind of guy. Like, not women are doing that. They're choosing not just one guy that they like, but they have multiple guys they like. Mm. And that's a fact. And women are going to put up a, an argument against almost all our points. Trust me, even the whole issue of paternity. Like, so whatever, I can control myself. Maybe I don't even want to have children. I just want to have the men. Mm-hmm. Right, so all these. When you look at the Quran and Sunnah, is there really a justification for pillaging? That is there a rational justification? I haven't seen where like, oh, because the man wants more women, or because he's more sexual, or he's got higher libido. Man, some women have more libido than. I think. Men. I think. I think where it stems from is in Islam. Even in Surah Nisa, it specifically talks about you know lineage. Like we know that Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala really honors lineage, True. and lineage is something extremely honored in and Islam. And that I would say is a great you point. Know? That's because, because bro, think that. about it. Like, because I know you're saying like women can argue that. Okay, what if I have multiple husbands and we don't have kids? Okay, but anytime you you sign the, the marriage contract, you get married. There's a possibility anytime you have intimacy that you could have kids. I don't care if you're double strapped up condom right. or whatever. Like, you could still technically have kids. Yeah. And the thing is, you cannot you that that assurance of paternity, that lineage, is completely nullified as soon as you add more than one man to the mix. But the other way around, it's not. Do you get what I mean? So yeah. in a rational argument... I don't so know that's a point that I would agree with it from a yeah. rational perspective. But everything else in terms of like sex and drive and men are yeah, this 100%. and that, I, I I don't think so. If you know female sexuality, that's a big debate, man. Yeah. <laughs> you could argue that women need it. Women today, are, they more. can be with multiple men at the same exactly. time, bro. So again, it goes back to Allah subhanahu rule, his decree, what he wants us to, to do. And sometimes we know there's a wisdom that's described and sometimes there isn't. And that's the whole point of submission. So putting aside that, that Allah has said so, 
then we can discuss other issues, right? As to why and how. And, and you also said this last episode, you said that just because something is there that I don't agree with doesn't mean it's not the truth. Yeah. Meaning if it, it, something could be true and you could necessarily just not agree with it, but it doesn't make it not the truth. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. We, we're not going to, we're not like, you know, liberals. Whose truth are we talking about? None <laughs> of that, bro. Yeah. Rami, what are your thoughts, bro? I, I see you real like... Yeah. I see your, your gears working there. Yeah, I was just thinking back to my uh, my class at I3 and learning about uh, like usul al-fiqh. Mm. And um, like you, I, one of the things they talked about is taking the hikmah and making it like an illa. Taking the wisdom behind something or the perceived wisdom. Like you could say, oh, the, the wisdom behind salah is it gives you peace of mind. And right. that's true, but does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say that, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, can you take any statement as an illa and make a ruling based off that? Because let's say that people were to take as an illa that Basically, what my brother, uh, what Ustad Gabriel was saying that, you know, it's because of a high sex drive. Well, if you take that as an illa, and then you could say a woman has a high sex drive, would you, be, you know, then be able to apply it to a woman? Right. I see I see it from that perspective, 100%. No doubt, but um, so now the question is, yeah, so why do men do it anyway? So let's say, okay, there's a the theory. We always say there's a theory and what you do. And that's the argument of the women. Like, okay, we can see the theory. Why do you guys do it? Like, we don't have to do it. It's not like it's a fard or something, even though some scholars said that's the default because the ayah starts with two, three, and four. So, but the, again, the argument would be like, oh, why do you guys have to? You don't really have to do it. It hurts us mm. and so on. Like, it's not applicable in today's society. There's so do, many issues. Why don't you, let's address this fact too for the sisters that are watching that yeah. it's not like the fact that women get jealous and extremely, you know, let's say it does bother them. It's not something that's new or something that men don't realize or something that Allah doesn't realize. It's stuck for Allah. You look at, you know, the wives of the Prophet Sallallahu right? They all, a lot of them had jealousy, bro. Did, did, did they not? Aisha radiallahu an, there's narrations that she would still be jealous of Khadija radiallahu an, and she wasn't yeah. even alive, bro. You know, like that, how is that rational, you know? Mm. So you look at that and it's, it's not something that we dismiss whatsoever. It's just something, it's like at the at some point you have to forego what you want versus what Allah wants. What Allah wants. And there's no there's no compulsion in deen, obviously, right? But at the end of that, that at the end of the day, Islam is submission, right? Mm-hmm. You you have a say, okay, cool. But how much can you really do? Sometimes let's say you're tired, you don't want to wake up for right. bro. But you still know you gotta wake up. Bro, yeah. let me slide in, let me piggyback on this. Cause I think that's very important. I think it's first and foremost, like, why do men do this? Just answer the question, or you have the men that do it for their nafs, and you have the men that do it for the sake of Allah, right? Now, how can you do something truly for the sake of Allah, or you have to be close to Allah? Like, How can you pray istahara and receive direct guidance and know that this is the sign from Allah, that Allah has like, like you have no question in your mind, like this is it, this is the sign, and, and you know it to be the sign, therefore you fully submit to that sign. You would only know that if you're close to Allah. So it's like, for men, it's like if they even want to consider this an opportunity or, or an option, like they have to get close with Allah. Yeah. You know that? Yeah. One small point I also want to add in is I think we're the outliers in terms of the, the societies and civilizations and the time periods. I think we're the outliers. Most, from what I hear, most civilizations of the past were polygynous yes. uh, to, to some extent. And I think maybe the Romans were the ones that had this kind of strict monogamy. But um, even, even they had they like doing all kinds of weird devices yeah, yeah, and so on. Yeah, yeah. Look, uh, the question. I mean, it's good what you've said. You've said doing it for the sake of Allah and doing it for your nafs. 
let's analyze those two points. I think they're great points. Doing it for the sake of Allah. <clears throat> what does that mean? So, of course, you're trying to have chastity and protect yourself for the sake of Allah. Because you don't want to do something haram. So that's one of the main intentions. right? Let's say you marry a, a widow. Right? I mean, these days, especially, who wants to marry a widow? It's mm-hmm. tough. So you kind of say, you know what? I'm going to just take care of this woman because she's alone. So do you see the intention is for a sikola or a divorcee, right? She's not exactly what society would consider marriage material, prime. But you're saying, you know, for the sake of Allah, I'm going to marry her. She's alone, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, we don't want our sister to be alone. Her husband died, whatever, she's divorced, problems. So you're doing it for the sake of Allah. It's good. Reward it. Allah will bless you. You're protecting society, actually. People think afaf is just personal. No, you got to take care of society because society will corrupt you. If society is, imagine, just a bunch of women running around, 10 years, not married, 3 years. I mean, come on, bro. How can a woman stay without a man for like more than 2-3 years? Forget, more than a few months. It's tough. You think that's the misconception that men have. The women have no desire. They don't start thinking. They don't start fantasizing. They don't start looking. They do. It's the reality. Men are in, in ghafla, you know. They're just not there. Mm. They do. So now imagine you have a bunch of women, no, not married, divorced, whatever, widowed, running around the society two, three years without no men. Just from a sexual perspective. Just from that point. Forget about everything else. Being taken care of, having someone to love. It's easy to fall. It's easy to slip, bro. Bro, come on. Mm. I mean, what's going to happen? So... Islam gives a solution. So it's for the sake of Allah to protect yourself and to protect your society. Mm. Right? It's, it takes two to commit zina. So that woman that you're talking about, that, that woman that you know has no man, she slips. She can't slip by herself, right? There's another person involved in zina too. So just slippery slope. Right. So like, there's, there's an objective here. And no one can argue that this is wrong. And, and usually mm. it's men who leave women. So women are... Alone because someone left him or used them or whatever. It's it's like that. Who I mean, mortality rates are higher in men usually, due to war, due to many things. So it's again, woman is left alone. Like you know, we look at them, Sahaba. I mean, so many women were left alone. Would they just stay? As soon as Edda is done, pretty much all of them will get married, man. You're talking about three mm-hmm. months. Within three months, three you know, uh, menstrual, menstrual cycles, cycles they get they get uh, married. None of that, like, no, I'm going to stay another two years, three years, let's see, five, ten years. Some women are alone. Just get married. Now we can talk about why women are not getting married today, but that's the reality. Now on the other side, desire, right? There's nothing wrong. If you take your desire out in halal, if you want to marry a woman who's extremely beautiful, attractive, and that's your purpose, again, because you want to, I mean, you could do it in haram, much easier. Probably get, you know, is faster, easier. You can go and pick different ones if you want, whatever. Much easier. But you're choosing to do it in halal. And Sabra Sosim says, like the difference between halal and haram is literally like nikah. You know, mm. just two witnesses, mahar, and so let me give let me give another rational, you know, propagation, aside from just assurance of lineage, but you look at the ummah, any type of deen, any type of, of team that you're trying to grow, right? from a strictly population point of view, right? How difficult is it 
to just have monogamy and grow an ummah compared to having polygyny, bro. No doubt. If you have one woman nice. and you knock her up, she's out of commission for nine months, ten months, sometimes even more with complications, right? And sure, forget her, <clears throat> forget her body, but her 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 whole physiology, her whole biochemistry can't even snap back into just having another kid for like a long time, bro. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at you know a couple years max. Just to like, you know, have a few kids, maybe five to 10 years to have like, I don't know, three, four or five kids plus, if that's what you want, right? For the, strictly those people. But if you have multiple wives, it's easier on them. They can help one another out. You know, you can have four, you know, kids per year. That's insane, bro. SubhanAllah. And I think from strictly just growing the Ummah point of view. People don't accept that, bro. People, they won't. Right. And the Prophet and we have delete. Like Prophet said, I will be taking pride in the numbers. Hmm. Of my ummah. What does that mean? He's encouraging procreation. Today we're like, no, uh, mm, I don't know. Like, come on, let's be honest, bro. Everyone is worried about having children. Condoms, contraceptives, so many things. People are just, okay, sex is for enjoyment, no doubt, and desire. But it's also what you said. And most people are very careful. It's the whole, you know, family planning. Let's see. I mean, I've lived in Arabia and I've seen where people, yeah, they're maybe not as rich or having, you know, this picket fence and car and mortgage and whatnot. When they got five, six, ten kids, they're happy, man. They're happy. Allah provides. Allah says, We give you risk and we give them risk. We take care of you. Don't worry. But we don't believe this stuff. And that's the problem. Look around, honestly. Do we really believe in the, the words of Allah and his messenger, or do we believe in those that are easy for us? I don't know. I don't see it. Man, I think it, it comes back to tawakul, right? Like, not just for the man, but for the woman, mm. right? So women, they have this problem with men, uh, even the idea of them marrying multiple women. Mm. I was about to say multiple men and stuff for Allah. So... If the woman is seeing it in that perspective, then she's being controlled by her nafs because her desires is that she only wants to be with that man alone. True. Right? She wants him to herself. This is a problem. And then it's also another problem where you have a guy who his fitra, like his internal state, is wanting to be with multiple women. And I'm not saying that every guy should be with multiple women. I'm saying like, okay, what if what if you are a Muslim man? You are married, right? You love your wife, but you pray istahara and Allah sends you direct guidance to now marry this woman. Marry this divorcee. But instead of uh, fearing Allah, you fear your wife. Mm-hmm. Because she's saying, no, I'm going to leave you if you marry another woman. That's what I It's like, well, I mean, do you want me to go against Allah's guidance? Like, is that what I'm hearing? You know, And this is where, again, like tawakku has to be important for both the man and the woman. Yeah. But it gets brought down back to what? Mm-hmm. To desire. Oh, you just want to satisfy your desire. Am I not good enough for you? These kind of replies. I mean, we don't think from that perspective. Even the most humble men, if he even dares to bring up this topic, he'll be crucified. Uh, be crucified in a second. Like, oh, you want to satisfy your desire. So what? <laughs> Obviously, like, wait a second. If you're a Muslim or a Muslim man, because men have an issue with it too today. It's not just women. Oh, that's the funny thing. Like men are against polygyny too. 
uh, even though secretly they all desire it. <laughs> right? there's, a, there's a huge thing. I'm Bengali too, so I don't know. You know, I can only speak about Bengali communities and Desi communities, but I'm sure other you know cultures can relate. But there's a huge taboo and vilification against polygyny in the Bengali community. Even men. Even men. I'm, that's what I'm talking about. Like, bro, subhanAllah, men today and families today, I'm not generalizing, but I've seen, um, you know, many, they'd rather their, their daughter becomes a prostitute today than be a second wife. Akhi, wives are saying, I've heard this so many times, let him go to a prostitute when he needs to, but no marriage. Oh, bro, the, the Arabs are famous on this. The Arab women. Like, it's no joke. I'm, I'm not making this up. And people are watching and they're in, you know, they know what I'm talking about. So why? It's because we can't accept what Allah has decreed, right? I mean, imagine. I mean, here we, we look at Allah's decree and rule versus also fitrah because it, it is an issue of fitrah too. I still would make that argument. Let's flip the script. Imagine women are allowed to marry more than one man. <clears throat> you think many would take that on? They would do it? What do you guys think? Let's say we are like, you know, like like men are just the, the law of Allah. Oh, you're saying it's permissible? Yeah, let's if say it would, be. it would be. Let's say it would be permissible. But it, does, women, it, it, it goes against fitrah, though. That's what it I'm saying. It goes against biology. It goes against anything. Right. So there's it a but, but, but you know, a lot of women are saying that. Oh, imagine if we were to be allowed to. How would you feel? Like what? What type of argument? I, I, like, I don't think that's a. a you look at thing. this. Even if today women don't agree, mm-hmm. men, but they know men cheat. They know men. I mean, what, what do you mean? You're, allowed, you're, you're okay with him to go to a prostitute? You're okay knowing that he's watching porn? He's cheating on you watching porn, man. I feel like is, they know like, emotionally that? there's no emotional but it, connection. You're safe in thinking, I'm okay, he's mine. Yeah, that's what it is. See, and then they're giving the argument, well, imagine that we flip the tables and we would be allowed to marry. How, how would you feel, right? They make that kind of... Yeah. No, because bro, we would be smashing each other, bro. We'd be killing each other. Yeah. Women, even though they don't agree, even though whatever, in the end... Some will just allow it. Some will just close their eyes. Some will mm. just allow it in the haram sense. Yeah. Problem is here, not with them, with knowing the fitrah of men, that men are by nature polygynous, is that they're not accepting the rule of Allah, man. Because you can make a bunch of arguments back and forth, flip the tables, possibilities, you know, theoretical, philosophical arguments. In the end, this is what it goes down to. Allah created us in a certain way. We can do it. They cannot. Not to mention, they won't, even if they would be allowed to, they can do it successfully. You know, they'll fail within the first, it'll be chaos, as you said. It'll be like, man, massacre, right? And it's just, it's not possible. The lineage, the procreation, there's so many things. But in the end, our psychologies don't, it wouldn't work. And it works this way, that men are polygynous. Problem is, both men and women are not willing to submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Does everyone have to be polygynous? No. Is that like, okay, now everyone has to do it? It's not a woman for every man to no. be polygynous, bro. <laughs> no, but we shouldn't, if it happens, mm. shouldn't. And Go it's sad it, that yeah. today people are trying to justify Islamically and whatnot. But looking at reality... I would say it would solve a lot of problems mm. in the society. A lot of problems. And that's that's facts. I'm glad that you said that because it's more so an issue of today. Because, bro, like the older generation of women, like, it's almost like they just understand. Oh, they like, understand. They're all right with it. Like, oh, yeah. 
Bro, like, even as a non-Muslim, my grandma, may Allah bless her, may Allah guide her. I mean, I mean, what she's going through. But every time she asks me, like, how I'm doing, and she asks me, like, if I have any, like, a girlfriend, she doesn't ask, like, oh, do you have a girlfriend? She's like, oh, how many girlfriends do you have now? <laughs> you know, like, she's always asking multiple. When I tell her, like, if I'm talking to one, she's like, what are you doing talking to one? Like, you should be talking to one. And this is not me justifying. I'm just saying, yeah. like, it, it's... It's more so seen in the women today, you know? Their fitras are a little less corrupted, the older women, you know, yes. older generations. Yeah. When you look at the modern, even men and women both, yeah. as the generations go on, we get more and more but corrupted. But it's, it's possible know? to have a successful model. 100%. Like, I mean, sorry. Again, people are going to get upset. But let's look at a current phenomenon. The Mormons. Yeah, they have a lot of issues. But if you analyze... Just the attitude of the females. Yes, they'll have drama and whatnot. But if you analyze the attitude of the females and how proud they are of their religion, that their religion inc encourages them to do that, you'll be shocked. Compare that to uh, the Muslim sisters. I know they try to make Mormons look bad and all these cults and whatever the guy, the priest is. Put that aside, man. This is just propaganda. In reality, if you are, if you, have you ever talked to one or seen a community... These women are proud of their religion. Are they going to be jealous? Yes. Are they going to have issues? Yes. But bro, they're proud. Why do they do it? They don't do it because, oh yeah, rational argument. It's like they'll tell you it's in the Bible and we want to bring back this. The Christian uh, African sisters. I looked. I watched an interview, you know, a debate between a Christian sister, African sister, and a Muslim sister, both Ugandans. And... All the Muslim girls could be like, no, I don't want to accept it. I don't like it. I don't feel good about it. Stoke and the Christian one was just, just refuting her. She's like, no, but men are going to do this. But no, the reality is that he's, no, but he is a king. And that's what it is. It's always been like that. Our ancestors have done it. You're ashamed of your ancestry. Like her arguments were just on point. And here the Muslim is, you know, it's in her Sharia. And here the, the non-Muslim, you could argue that in today's context, even they believe it's not part of Christianity because it's been abrogated by the New Testament. Right, but no, she's saying no. She's saying so. It's it shocking to India. What is it about? It's about what does Allah say, you know? And is it in line? I mean, are we aligning our fitra according to that? Because then that's when society succeeds. This whole one for one. In the end, okay, this is the default today. Laws are around that and so on. But look at society. Why are we not fixing the problems when it comes to families? Why are families broken? The first fear. Of a woman and a man, when it comes to religion, oh, family's going to be broken, your home racker, your this, your that. And look at monogamous couples, like, man, it's like disasters. Yeah. Divorce rates are huge. Because in the end, it's not about polygyny, it's not about monogamy, it's about what did Allah allow and permit? And is it a solution for, for problems that we have to, and I would argue it's a huge solution for problems that we have to, especially with high divorce rates, especially with men dying much earlier, especially with, forget, forget about that. We're, we're talking about quality of men available, man. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, we're not talking about here, let's, oh, but there's enough men for, no, 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 wait a second. Proper men, quality of men who can really qualify to be husbands. How many do we have in this world? You know, they, you they have know. this thing in the West that 80% of women sleep with 20% of men. I know. You do the math, that's do four to one. Math. Yeah. Mm. I would say I would probably argue it's even less than 20%. Mm. Right? Because again, where what's their qualification? Are they real men? 
can they hold the family together? It's not just about having sex, bro. We're talking. We're talking here about marriage. Are people not? Are people forgetting that we're not talking about dating and dinner, bro? Mm-hmm. Oh, what's what do you feel? Your desires? No, it's, we're like we're talking about marriage, running a family, holding a household, holding responsibility. How many men can do that? Monogamous or polygamous? Very few. Mm-hmm. And then you have sisters who are they won't they wake up, man. I'm telling you, and that's another proof that the fitra will kick in. But first, you got to be slapped a few times around by life and qadr. Then you wake up and you're like, you know what women say, man? They say, I'd rather be with you and share you with a hundred women than be with some schmuck, mm. you know, who, who can't handle. Literally, like, to be like, I'd rather share you with 100 than to be with one guy who's not able to do anything. So some women wake up and they realize it. SubhanAllah. Mm. So I, I do want to ask a bit about the issues that it solves. But before that, I want to touch on a point that you mentioned earlier. Because uh, it really reminded me of two ayats from the Quran, SubhanAllah, uh, in, in regards to you know our choice, if we have a choice, halal, haram, and all that, SubhanAllah. So there's a very beautiful verse where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, it is not befitting for a believing man or woman when Allah and His Messenger decide in a matter, or when the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam decides in a matter, that they should have any choice in it. Right. He also says that it's not befitting for a believing man or a woman, or um, Subhanallah. What's the, what's the ayah? Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Um, oh, they will not truly believe. They will not fully believe until they one three qualifications. One, they make the Prophet Sallallahu a judge between them and any of their disputes. So let's say we're disputing polygyny, monogamy. Prophet he solved that already. Right. Two, they find no ill feeling or discontentment in their hearts with the verdict. And three, they submit in full submission. Subhanallah. Because it's not about like, yeah, I accept it. And you're just sitting there like, because it's going to, you're going to explode at some point. You're going to do some. It's about really allowing the iman to penetrate the heart. And you're like, no, this is what Allah is. It's not just like, yeah, I believe in it. But, you know, no, I believe in it. I submit to it. This is the best thing for not only him as a husband, but for me as a wife. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. let's talk a little bit about that. What does it mean for it to actually be beneficial and save relationships and, and, and solve these problems? Well, you have obviously the problem of women being single. You see, women, yeah, there's poor quality of women today. No doubt about it. They've been attacked, been targeted by society. But in the end, like who allowed it? You know, we are in charge. The men are in charge. We keep bragging about that. Yeah, we're in charge. Okay. So then we, we have to admit that we have failed. And we allowed for these feminists to indoctrinate our women. Imagine you're in a in a fight, yeah? You're in a you know the ring and you're being punched and you're being attacked and you just back down, back down. What's gonna happen? You're gonna get smashed. Because all you do is back down. You don't punch back, you don't fight back. That's what men have done. It doesn't matter how strong you are. Like we haven't fought back. There's no strong resistance to this huge movement that has destroyed our society. Feminism, on feminism, on that platform, on that, you know, it was LGBTQ that moved on. I mean, if you feel, this this was influenced. LGBTQ mm-hmm. was influenced by feminism. As soon feminism. as pedophilia, or right. it already is. And that's why one of the sisters said, he said, why do you think the first letter is L in mm-hmm. the LGBTQ? Because women are at the front, you know? Women are at the front. So, but who allowed them, man? We didn't fight back. Now you have red pill. That's, I mean, it's 
not that old. But in general, like this whole movement has started many, many decades ago. And look around what's it, what, what it's done. Look around. So we men are responsible. So women are doing their thing. The question is, what are we doing as men? We could take care of this problem, single women. We could take care of the problem of divorced women. We could take care of the problem of, of, of widows. We can take care of the problems of orphans. We can take care of these issues. But we don't. It solves a lot of problems. I mean, why do men have to go and cheat? Why are they strip clubs? Why are they porn shops? Sex, all these things. Men don't feel like they're satisfied. Bro, why are there literally islands with kids, bro? What they're doing today, you know? Bro, have you not seen the one that takes his nafs as a, as a zilaha? It's God, yeah. Right? right? So that's that's the most important part where we live in a society where it's all about how do you feel. Wrong. You should be happy. You should mm-hmm. feel good. Mm-hmm. You know, your life should be the best life for you. Like, everything should be good for you. But it's like, no, it's, it's all... For the sake of Allah, like even if you're suffering, you should be very content if you're doing it for the sake of Allah. Yeah, 100%. you know, and like that's the most important part is having men come back to that, having women come back to that, because um that's what will inevitably bring Islam back to its core. Yeah. You know, yeah, like that's what will bring the Ummah back together. And yeah. of course, there's other factors. Y'all get the drift. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a really, really good segue for what I wanted to talk about, which is it's, it's crazy because the, the topic of polygyny almost doesn't start with the, the, the topic of polygyny. It's something that's so deeply rooted. Uh, there's a, a verse in the Quran, and man, wallah, imagine if people had this mentality. I can't remember exactly, so correct me if I'm wrong, but it's something basically one of the prophets, I think, alayhi salam, was saying that um, my living, my dying, my sacrifice, mm-hmm. salah, everything Allah. for Allah, the Rabbil Alameen the Lord of the worlds, everything that exists, the owner of everything that exists, subhanAllah. And now people, you know, you know, my, my everything is for me, my nafs, my desires, my pleasure, and so on and so forth. So it's it, like, again, it doesn't start with the talking of polygyny. That's why it's so hard to talk about it because it's something that's so deeply rooted. What's your belief? What's your aqidah? You know, I'm not trying to manhaj check anybody, but I'm manhajing, you know, checking people here, unfortunately. But uh, like, it's, it's, it's what is your purpose? Why are you here? Where do you get your morality from? Because if they're not getting, this is something that people don't understand. You are taught. If you're not taught Islam, you're taught liberalism, you're taught secularism, you're, you're taught capitalism, you're taught these things growing up. And if you think that this is just the natural state of a human being, you're wrong. This is the natural state of the human being growing up in the Western society. Mm. If you were to go back 1,400 years ago, you'd be so different, subhanAllah. You, if you're go a woman, you'd probably be... 300 years ago, man. Oh yeah, yeah. You, going back years ago, you'd probably be polygynous if you're a woman. Or if you're a man, you'd be polygynous. Just a few hundred years ago, subhanAllah. What happened like, oh, what was it, the 1600s? What were white people saying about slavery and everything? That was the norm. That was, there was even a black man who owned black slaves. Yes. SubhanAllah. Mm. What's his name? Not one, Django? it was more than Was it Django? No. <laughs> no, it was more than that, not just one. You were seeing that in the, in the stand-up comedy or something like that? You were watching oh, yeah, that in something, yeah, 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 there was a black man that... That uh, yeah, Dave Chappelle, yeah. Dave Chappelle, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, I mean that's so true. Yeah. This is what <laughs> this is what uh, is the at the core of the problem. Mm-hmm. Now we can discuss how it works, how it can work, how sisters can devise different strategies to cope with it. But if this is not right, and this is not right, 
It's not gonna I think one of the most valuable mm. things you said a few episodes ago, bro, was Islam today is operating in a non-Muslim framework. And I think you were saying the same thing. Well, I was about to say in that. Today, like, what, is he, what does Ustad Gabriel mean by that? It's like Islam should operate in Islamic framework with Sharia and everything. Islam today is operating in Western framework, Western law. So you look here and you want to practice Islam, you want to have multiple wives, bro. In some countries, including the one we're at right now, Canada, it's actually illegal for a man to marry more than one woman, bro. So you want to practice Islam or do you want to break the law with severe fines, imprisonment? I'm talking like the whole nine yards, bro. But in Canada, it's not illegal to cheat on your woman, bro. Mm. I want you guys to just hear what I said. It's illegal to have a second wife in Canada, but it's illi- but it's not illegal yeah. to cheat on your wife, to have a mistress, to have a side thing, to go to an escort. It's not. Yeah. This is Western law. So how much can you really implement Islam in a non-Muslim framework? It's not going to happen, bro. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Bro, and I want to just like add in here, because you've said this multiple times, not just in previous episodes that we recorded, but like I'm talking about like a year ago when we were doing like intimacy intimacy Siri and you were saying that like in Islam um, it, it's truly about submission the longer you are a Muslim the more you realize like it, you have to submit you know like you, you may not submit now but at some point or another you're going to submit and like think about think about this right you have the woman she doesn't want to submit to the fact that okay Allah has decreed this and it would actually be very beneficial and if Allah guides the man to do so, then she should be more than on board with it. And then you have the man who doesn't want to submit. And the fact that, okay, Allah maybe has given him this guidance, but because he fears his woman, he doesn't want his woman to leave him. Mm. Then, you know, he's not submitting. He's not submitting to the will of Allah. Yeah, it's mm. yeah. a good point. Man, I wish we had talked forever, bro. Subhanallah. Yeah, this is really good. It is. It is. Yeah. Inshallah. Subhanallah. Anything else to wrap up closing thoughts? There's a lot to be discussed. Obviously, today we covered the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, I mean, but we, we, I, we I would like to go into like how it can happen. Like we've talked about the theory now. Yeah. What are the arguments from a dean perspective? Yeah. Why people should accept that we we should also give successful stories and models that it can work. There's definitely going to be an unsuccessful one as well. We can mention those as well. Mm. But we can talk about how, because a lot of people are looking into it. We want to talk about it today, changing. bro. Huh? You gotta leave soon, bro. I know. Leave right now. <laughs> what's the time? What's you know, just in the future. Yeah, tease yeah. everyone, and you know, <laughs> tease. Know that this is what's gonna <laughs> happen. Inshallah. Yeah. Inshallah. Go ahead, bro. No. Say Bismillah and go. Bismillah. You got a few minutes. No, what time is it? Now? What time is? <laughs> Give him a little tease. What time is it now? Thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. Yeah. Gotta leave, bro. Yeah. yeah. Inshallah. Next. Three minutes. Three minutes. If if we, if you can give something in three minutes, Bismillah. Why not? Well, look, bottom line is that it works. It's not easy. It works. It's uh it's a challenge, but it works. It makes you grow as a man. Mm. Um a lot of people tell it will be against you, will tell you stop. Many people stop, many people wrong other people for do from by doing that. Like it's not about just like get this idea, this romantic idea, let me just do it. It's, it's really a, something that... Commitment. Commitment, yeah. Maturity. It teaches mm. you a lot about yourself. Yeah, we can sit on the member and preach about everything and defend the Prophet Sallallahu Prophet Sallallahu did it. If he felt or he knew from 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that somehow he's going to destroy women or he's going to hurt them. He, he didn't want to hurt. He said, I'm the best to my, my wives, to my family. The best amongst you are the best to his family. And I am the best to my family. That's what he said. Hmm. Yeah, were the wives jealous? Yes. In the end, it works. It worked then. It works today. It will work tomorrow. It will solve a lot of problems. There are models. There's brothers who have done it. But bottom line is uh, both have to submit to Allah. Both. Both have to fully submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It becomes easier. It's never going to be perfect. This dunya is not Jannah. It's all good. Mm-hmm. But in reality, it works. And mm-hmm. um, I think more I, I think more people should do it. I encourage people. Because it's going to solve a lot of problems in this ummah. MashaAllah. I think that's a wonderful point to end it on. InshaAllah, if you guys made this far, smash the like button. More episodes coming, inshaAllah, on actual practical implications and applications of polygyny. But for this, just a little you know, teaser, inshallah. Inshallah. All right. And with that being said, Allahumma atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa kina adha bin ar. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.